Welcome back to another episode of Being an Artist is Fucking, fucking killing, killing Me. I'm Rainy. I'm Corinne. Thank you guys for listening. We're back. We're back. New episode, new Tuesday. This weekend, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Yeah, if you haven't heard, which you should have, <laughs> um, we have a show coming out in Estrovia. It's happening the 16th to the 18th, and it's not your typical dance show. No. It's an immersive dance experience. Um, it was created for my uh, thesis research, and it's going to be super fun. It's at the Peacock Public House, which is 582 College Street. Tickets are $25 for general admission, $20 for CADA members, and $30 at the door. And I'm going to suggest everybody reserve their tickets ahead of time. Mm-hmm. We are having some serious sellouts happening already a week before, which we're so happy about. We feel very lucky. But please reserve your seat in advance. Because we're not going to guarantee that there's tickets at the door. Yes. And if there is, there's maybe like two. Yeah. And or it's one. A, a capacity issue. We can't because Safety. of the nature of the show. Yeah. It's really great. The dancers move through the space like they're right next to you. They're going up the walls. It's mm-hmm. all over. But because of that, we have to be really careful about how many bodies we let into the space um, to make sure everybody stays safe. And right. unfortunately, we can't have more than we than we sell. Right. So if we say we're capped, we're seriously capped. So please reserve your ticket in advance. Yeah. Don't show up at the door and be like, well, I know you. We're friends. Yes, because I won't be at the door. (laughs) 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 Which is actually part of the reason I don't want to be at the door. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, But yes, please get your tickets soon. It's really great that every single penny you spend on tickets goes directly to the performers um, in the work. And there's live music, if you didn't know. Yeah, live music, live dancing. It's more than just a dance show. You're not sitting there. So please come and experience it. There's a bar that's open all night. Yes. <laughs> Which we heard from the test audience was a good thing. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. Um, we want to bring your attention to this sweet app called Radio Public. If you're not familiar with it, it is a podcasting app. It is a free app to download. Um and all of the podcasts on it are free, but it is a platform that returns money back to the podcasters. So obviously we want our podcast to remain free and be accessible by as many people as possible. Um, and sometimes it's hard to switch apps, but if you really, really loved us, you would get a new app and listen to us on radio public so that we get paid. Yes. (laughs) With all this talk around with the new release of the Toronto arts council, um, arts doc, art stock. I think everybody is trying to find ways to keep their artists in the city. And this is just one small way you can help us out. So we would really appreciate it. But if not, please continue listening on Spotify and iTunes. That's also okay. Just thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. Yeah. But if you wanted to make the switch to the new app, (laughs) we would also be eternally grateful. Yes. Um, This week we have Nigel Downer. He's a comedian and actor. He's got a new series on CBC called Bit Players. (laughs) And he's great. So thank you guys for tuning in and let's get going. Here we go. My name is Nigel Downer and uh, I'm an improviser, uh, a facilitator, uh, an instructor, a graphic designer, and uh, all around comic book fanboy. Do you have a big water bottle and a baby water bottle that, that, I have, that I have match? The bigger one too. That, That's... They all match. Yeah, it's pretty good. <laughs> They're like those little like Russian dolls. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, when I go to the movies, I like to bring booze all the time. Uh, so I bring it in this one. 
But now I saw this one. I was like, oh, this is perfect. Because like I'm putting, I don't know how much rum I'm putting in. You know what I mean? Yeah. So at least this one I know. Yeah. Cool. I'm not going to really waste it. It's like a little too, it's like a Mickey. Yeah. 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 Okay. So that's kind of my gem. And the bigger one fits like a magnum of wine, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. It's perfect. It is weird how like eye contact's one of those things that like, you don't make too much, but you can't make, you can't make too much, but you also can't make too little. It's yeah, like yeah. disrespectful if it's, yeah. you don't. Yeah. It gets weird. I, um, I always tell when I teach, uh, corporate workshops, um, mostly when I was teaching kids, actually, uh, teaching kids improv, obviously we would disguise communication with improv, right? Um, that I got, first I would get them to raise their hand, raise your hand if you had, were sent to the principal's office. They, they, they don't, but you can tell that they want to. I was like, that's fine. I got sent to the principal's office too. Yeah. <laughs> then their hands go up. I'm like, listen, uh, I said something really bad to my French teacher in, uh, grade, f- uh, grade five. And, um, it's so bad that I got sent to the principal's office and they called my dad. Wow. So my dad had to come in. Uh, and then the principal's like, I'll leave you two to it. So the principal leaves and my dad's just like livid. And then he just looks and he's like, listen, after all the yelling and stuff, he's like, listen, at the very least, do me a favor. And when somebody talks to you, uh, especially when they have, uh, when they have authority, just look them in the eye. And so they know that you're listening. Don't make it weird, but just look them in the eye. So they know you're listening. You know, you're present with them. I was like, okay, cool. Um, and so, and so he left. Um, I got in a lot of shit when I got home by my mom. But it's just a, like a little lesson that I try and tell the kids. Don't make it weird. Like, like you just said, it doesn't need to be weird, yeah. but it just needs to be enough so the person knows, okay, cool. We've connected and we know right. what's happening. Right. But when is it weird? When is it weird? Yeah. When you start thinking about it. It's weird. It's weird when I'm it's still, like, but I'm still looking at you. not looking at you. Like now I'm just like, yeah, get in there. Yeah. You're, see? Yeah, yeah. That's when it's weird. So I'm still here. That's, and my face is just, that's when it's weird. Right. Yeah. When the smile like doesn't leave. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I one time did this workshop for like, it was a damn, I think it was an Altima Vez workshop and we, you had a partner and you stared at them, Ugh. not, didn't say anything yeah. for 15 minutes. What? And you just stare at them in the oh, eye. Yeah. Dance gets weird. Yeah. <laughs> 15 minutes. 15? Direct eye contact. Nothing else is playing, just music. And at the end of it, I remember he was like, cool. Uh, what color are their eyes? And like less than half the people could tell you what color the eyes were. Wow. Which just is like just like, zoned out. Which just like shows. And also like, not even that, but I think also focusing on pupil and pupil dilation that happens mm-hmm. in that sometimes it is just like the eyes become like dark because they just like your yeah. di- way that's dilating and you kind of like stop focusing on color. I think you start focusing on like shape. I don't know. Wow. theory about it. I would also just like, you can make eye contact with somebody and like not be thinking about what you're looking at. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Have you ever seen someone like... I know, like, when you tr- when I travel a lot in specific countries, sometimes people would just, like, stare at you a lot. And my new favorite thing is just to, like, if I can see someone's, like, staring at me, I yeah. just, like, stare um, back at them until I make them uncomfortable. <laughs> because, like, I'm like, why are you staring at me? So I'm just like, I'm going to stare at you then. If, and I'm going to make you feel dumb for staring at me. Which countries are this? Is this? Like, Germany, mm. mostly. I've, like, noticed that in, in like, mm. in when I was in Austria, like, when I was in Austria, I noticed that a lot. And Berlin. Yeah, I noticed. But like, I guess I shouldn't say Germany. I guess in those places are the places that I've known. In in Berlin. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, look, let's like, ladies, just just try being a black guy. I mean, I get looked at all the time. Regardless. Regardless. I'm not sure if it's because people know, uh, I mean, commercials or on TV or if they're just like super suspicious. You know what I mean? Oh, So I get it all the time. 
all mm. the time. So traveling, yeah, kind of. But like even here, like at Shoppers Drug Mart, it's ridiculous. Really? Oh, hell yeah. Hell yeah. Just like um, so maybe a month, a month and a half ago, <laughs> a month and a half ago, I went into Shoppers and I wanted to buy just like a face wash, like a mm-hmm. face wash pump or whatever. Or no, wait, wet naps, because I just came from set and then I'd rush to something else. So I need uh, I need uh, face wipes. I don't know why it took me so long to get out. So I need face wipes. So I run into shoppers, not like a bat out of hell, but a, a pace that's a little bit more, you know, a little faster. And then I, uh, so I run down the aisle and I go down the aisle and I'm like, okay, so now I'm like just looking right. at like which one I need to, which one I need to buy. And, and the security guy, who's a brown dude, he was standing closer to the door and then I could just, I could feel him in my periphery. I could feel him walk and then stop in front of the aisle that I'm in. Mm. I'm like, okay, okay, I get it. And there's an employee there, who, there's an employee there who's also, you know, doing their thing. So I finally, oh, I'm not sure which one I want to grab. I grab one, I put it back, I grab another one. The employee's like, oh, uh, sir, you know what? If you're looking for uh, face wipes, these ones are actually the cheapest and they're, and they're great. So she helped me grab this. Oh, amazing. It's behind the case. Yeah. Thanks. So I started walking and I told the security guy, I was like, Hey man, if you want to come with me, I'm going to go down to the juice aisle too. I got to grab like an energy drink and a couple other things. So come on, come on with me. He's just like, yeah, yeah okay. Okay. You called around for it. Oh, 100%. Right. Because yeah. there was so many, literally there was about four or five other people that passed right. and came down the aisle and went down different aisles. And he just stood right there. It's like, I get and it. all the other people were white people or like, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it all, I get it all the time, yeah. especially in shoppers. And I'm like, mm, okay. <laughs> Why? <laughs> especially in shoppers. I have no idea. I frequent shoppers a lot. They yeah. always have security guards. I find in shoppers. Yeah. 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 Because Which a is- lot of them are 24 hours or really late. So there's yeah. always like someone rolling in there. But it's also like insane that the thing that's like the most secure in shoppers are like the razors. Yeah. Like I literally it's go ridiculous. to open the razors and it's like, what? What? <laughs> like screaming at me. I'm like, I'm just sorry. I trying to buy a thousand dollars worth of razors. Yeah, Give me a yeah. minute. <laughs> Fucking annoying. A thousand dollars worth of razors is like seven. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, especially if they if they have if they're got pink on the box. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. Oh. Do you find I mean like with cuz you are doing like so much TV and film, do you find that like it's um with like castings? Like mm-hmm. how do you how do you deal with like castings that are like directly related to like you being black? Uh I mean, it's, it's interesting. Is that a weird question for you? No, okay. it's not. It's very, it's, it's very zeitgeisty. Like it's very, uh, topical and yeah. current. And I mean, I guess it has been for the last like three or four years now. Right. So, um, because like part with- of, part of it's hard because you're like, this is who I am and this is how I would play a character. And like maybe these are things that would come up naturally, but because they're placed upon me yeah. in this scene, it's, is it unnatural? Like, right. uh, Okay, here's the deal. So <laughs> I've, I have two things to say about this. The one is I'm glad we're bringing this up. I'm glad we're talking about it now because uh, um, my writing partner and I, his name is Chris Siddiqui. Uh, he's also a Second City Main Stage alum. We have just written a web series that is going to drop on CBC Gem on Boxing Day. Oh, and cool. so this web series, eight episodes long, we wrote it. We had a fantastic crew with us called uh, LaRue, LaRue Productions, uh, LaRue Entertainment. And they uh, they produced the whole thing. And... Um, we touch on, on that very thing. So right. we can, we'll talk about that like that later. Okay. But, um, to directly answer your question, I have, I have slight like identity issues and this is late. This is breaking news for, for YouTube because 
I find it very uncomfortable when I'm in a room with all black dudes and we're all going for the same part. There's something about it that's yeah. very weird yeah. because we all know which part that is, which again, when the breakdown comes out, it's, you know, uh, open ethnicity, but really looking for uh, black males preferred. Or if it's like, you know, yeah. a black male part and we're all going for the father, it just feels, it just feels weird. So right. I don't know what it is. I mean, it's like, it's because like you think that you have like, I think it's because we as like people and we as artists think we're like unique, uh, unique maybe, but like, (laughs) you know, like I see like, I I mean, obviously not the same at all, but like sometimes like when I'm in an audition and I like see that like one girl who's like tall, pale and has brown hair has been picked. I'm like, cool. Are they really going to pick another tall, long, pale girl with brown hair? Like, cause it's going to be between the two of us. Cause they're not going to pick two girls that look the exact same or they're going to cast everybody that looks the same. Right. Exactly. <laughs> right. It's, ne- it's neither. Yeah. So you do, I feel like there is a little bit of like, like, uh, like how's this going to go? You don't really know. Like it's yeah. kind of like your competition, like fight or flight is coming in a little bit. Yeah. I mean, a lot of the auditions that I, I went on at first when I started, uh, when I started on this crazy journey was, um, was just me and then a room full of white dudes. Really, mm-hmm, like, right. let's be real. You know what I mean? It was just, there wasn't, I, I mean, there could have been, I can't remember at, at this, I can't remember at this point in time, but um, if the breakdown would say open ethnicity or whatever, but, you know, it just felt like me and just a bunch of white dudes. And I was like, great. I mean, my chances are pretty good. Uh, and I knew right. that if there was a wife in it, then I would wait for the black woman to walk in because that's just the way it was. Right. Uh, <laughs> and if there was no black woman that walked in, I would just wait till she showed up. Yeah. Now there's a little bit, now it can be really anything. Like our TV right. is changing so much more to reflect right. the reality that we live in, totally. mostly in Canada. I'm not going to speak on the different places in the States. That's not my place, but, um, so yeah. So, I mean, doubling back when you talk about diversity and we talk about, you know, having all the uh, black males or black females in the room, for me, it's on, it, it's not uncomfortable. I guess I, I might've said, I said that earlier, but it just feels a little weird because I grew up in Cambridge, Ontario, you know, shout out to Cambridge. Um, very, uh, a very white town, very white city predominantly, but there is definitely your, there is your, your splashes of color and culture there. There's, there's more diversity than you would think, Mm -hmm. but then being put in a room where it's less like all the black males that, you know, in the community, in the improv community, in the standout community, we're all there. And then a couple random actors that just went to, Mm -hmm. you know, Ryerson or York or whatever for acting. And it's just like, Oh, okay. Well, uh, I know that me and so and so are we're pretty funny. I've seen him before, and this guy I've, I've never I seen before. Yeah, and then uh, how am I gonna how am I gonna act when I go in the room, and then when I leave, like, am I gonna be cool? Is it gonna be cool? Like, is he cool? Like, are we? Do we have the same thing? What's and you just kind of spiral yes. into this weird thing. I mean, I don't know if you white people do that, but <laughs> I do. <laughs> so it just it just it's just I find it very interesting. I mean, at the end of the day, I've, I've kind of grown up a little bit and just been like, yo, man. You got called in for a reason. Just do your thing and walk away. Right, right. He's a problem. Sorry. And most of the time, if you're not getting a part, it's because they already know how they want to cast it. And it literally has nothing to do with you. Right. Mm -hmm. Or nothing to do with your skills. It's like you weren't tall enough. You and things you can't change. One hundred percent. It's usually things you can't change. One hundred percent. And that's the hardest part. It is. Like that is. Or it's like a bigger name that they're looking for. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the part you know about being an artist. That's fucking killing me. (laughs) Is. You know, the idea that you have to wrap your head around, it's not your fault, (laughs) you know? Sure. Sometimes, granted, we flub our lines or whatever, and they're like, oh, we really like that person, but we just don't know how it's going to translate when we see them on camera or whatever the thing is. Mm -hmm. But 
a lot of times it's not it's not you. It's, right. it's just yeah, they just weren't the person that they were looking for for that role at the time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah. yeah, yeah. I also think it's weird because it's in Toronto is a, like there's tons of artists here, but it's also like the same people. Mm-hmm. Like you, like I know that if I show up to an audition, I'm probably going to see these ten people. One hundred percent. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. And then, like, sometimes, like, somebody comes into the room and you're just like, no, you fuck. Like, <laughs> yeah. you're like, <laughs> yeah, it's so true. You're like, I know that this is going to this person. Yeah. Or, I don't know. It's also kind of, I, but do you find it weirder? Do you find more comf- comfort in, like, knowing that those 10 people are going to be there? Or, or do you find it more comfortable walking into an edition that you don't know any single fucking person? I think the latter. I think I like walking oh, really? into a room that I don't, yeah, that I don't know. <laughs> People, but the thing is, I've found again with this with this journey that I'm on with you know this acting and performance thing, the community is so uh, has been so comforting and so nice and just and I've been able to go in and turn off the um, the actor side of me for a second so we can just have a quick conversation before I'm called into the room right. or the other person that I'm hanging out with. We both have that respect where we know we both want to engage and have a conversation in the waiting room, but we both know that we actually have a job to do and it literally is going to last three minutes in that room if, like, if you're if, lucky. Yeah, if you're lucky. Yeah, yeah. If they ask you to do one more take. And so we <laughs> both respect that and are like, hey man, what's up? You good? Yeah, you good? And then it's just like, cool, nothing needs to be said. I'm just going to dig, I'm just going to sit deeper into my, into my seat and go through these lines, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I love that about knowing people mm-hmm. right. that are in the room um, because we all have that kind of respect. But I mean, if I can go into a room where I don't know anybody, I feel great. Confidence through the roof. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes. And then you see like one person who's amazing and you're like, Oh my God, um, yeah. <laughs> I am a turtle. <laughs> I wonder if that's like also the difference between like acting auditions and dance auditions though, because right. you go into a room usually yep. by yourself. Yeah. So right. dance auditions, you're all in there together at the same time. Wow. So you like see certain people walk in and you're like, mm, okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, or yeah. you're like, oh, my friends are here. So like you relax a little bit. Mm-hmm. Right. Wow. I never, I never, yeah, I, well, first of all, I didn't know that. Uh, mm-hmm. But of course, I mean, I've seen reality TV, so I think I have a little bit of an idea, <laughs> right. but not, but not even close to the, what the actual real deal is. Yeah. I guess like imagine just like having to like do a monologue but like do the monologue around 50 other people at the same and whoever does it louder. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like not too loud to seem crazy, yeah, but just yeah. loud enough that you're heard. Yeah, you yeah, know? Right, right, right. And you're at the front and the middle and you look the best. Yeah. <laughs> right, yeah, you got it. You got it. Number seven, number 43, you guys can leave. Uh, yeah. Number one, it sounds really great from you. That's yeah. literally what happens. Oh, okay. really? Yeah. yeah. They'll be like, these numbers, if I call your number, you can leave. Oh, wow. And so you're like, oh, okay. Wow. Grab your stuff, walk out. Spill the number walk of shame. <laughs> yeah. Literally, I've never done a walk of shame that's worse than that. Yeah. It's oh, terrible. Man. Yeah, it I sucks. don't like that feeling. I don't like uh, how that goes. I, okay, or, I have a question because of like, because you do improv. Yeah, that's right. And I think that like improv and like um, acting, so like knowing the script that you're going into are like very different in the sense that you're like very act. I mean, you're active when you're acting, but like improv is like you're constantly thinking and you're yeah. on your feet and you're reacting mm-hmm. to things that are happening. Are you able to improvise with somebody that you might not have like a good relationship with mm-hmm. um, off stage, right. Or do you find it really challenging to do that? 
Um, are, is this person, is this person an improviser or not an improviser? An improviser. This Great. is somebody that you like know from the community. Yeah. You like know, you just like know that you guys do not have a really good relationship when you outside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then how do you, how does that like affect how you improvise with them? Honestly, it, 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 it's great it, because there is a sense of camaraderie. There's a sense of understanding. Uh, there's a sense of um, training that we both know, me and this other improviser mm-hmm. would know to an extent. Maybe they trained at this school and I trained at that school, but there's still going to be certain things that bleed into each other, certain rules that bleed into each other. Right. So it's actually not that difficult. No. Um, I mean, it could just depend on how that person plays or maybe how, how I play. Um, but I take a lot of pride in adjusting as fast as I can to however yeah. they play and whatever they're throwing out to me. So it's like, you know, I, at the end of the day, I, I want to make, you know, I want to make Corinne look good. I want her rain look good. Like yeah. I want you guys to look amazing. Uh, therefore, or in, by, in proxy, hopefully you make me look amazing, you know? Right. So having, if I'm not too knowledgeable of that person outside of, you know, the social circle, it'll still, it'll still work out. It'll still work out. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of times it's a little bit more fun because you just, you have no idea right. what's going right. to be thrown at you. What if you don't like them? Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, the thing. A, that's a different caveat. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So if I don't like them, <laughs> well, then I mean, that's when, that's when, you know, that's when I become a real actor and you'll, you would never know it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, on stage, you'll just never know. Right. Because we both have, a job to do. We both are right. here for the same reason. And that's to make everyone laugh and to have a good time and to get better. Mm-hmm. Um, as soon as the, as soon as the show's done, it's like, Hey, that was fun. Whether I meet it or not is, uh, is up to you or is maybe you can tell by the pitch and then, right. you know, the tone of my voice and then I'm out, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. but, uh, yeah, the community's pretty dope. So I, I, I don't really have any beefs. Right. Yeah. I just find that sometimes in dance you can, if there's like friction, you can tell when people are trying to like work things out. Mm-hmm. And I think that, cause it's like, pal- it's like palatable, it's, right? Yeah. And it's like someone trying to like y- be maybe like a big stunt or one person trying to take it. It's, I feel like you can really tell in dance anyway, when people are just like not. Yeah. yeah. There, and there is those moments, you know, I, I have had scenes before where, you could tell that somebody was trying to be the alpha. Like mm-hmm. somebody was just trying They're to trying to make the thing happen. And make, yeah. the thing, and make all the things happen though. Yeah. Cause, Cause in improv, you know, where we, when I come up with an idea and I say this idea, mm-hmm. whatever that may be, or whatever form that may be, maybe physical, maybe uh-huh. verbal, uh, that's called a gift in, in our world. And so, you know, if I'm giving you a gift or an offer, that person can either take it and, and say yes. And which is the, right ancient philosophy of, you know, I love, I acknowledge what you gave to me yeah. and now I'm going to add to that thing and we're going to build this thing together. Yeah. Or they can just be like, yeah, no. Ugh. And then just do their own thing. Right. So you can have, if, if two improvisers are trying to, you know, build a car because they need to escape, uh, you know, the desert or something, right. this is the only car they have left and it broke down. The, eventually they'll never build the car. They'll never <laughs> will fix the car because one person wants to do it this way. Another person wants to do it that way, you know? Right. Right. So it can, that, you can see that. And mm. the improvisers can see other improvisers do that. Right. But yeah. I don't know if like just the layman audience member can really see it. They're just like, Oh, this is really funny. They're never going to make it out. Also. I think there's like something weird audiences that are like going to like improv shows. They like, like being uncomfortable. I think like there's <laughs> something weird where they're just like, this is awkward and uncomfortable if it's not working. And yeah, they're just yeah. like, but I like it. Cause I'm four glasses of wine deep. Oh, yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. Listen, there's some improvisers that are like that. <laughs> that yeah. Like that like to see the awkward and the uncomfortable or like to make that happen. You know what I mean? Right. Um, so they're like coworkers or for audience members? No, like like other improvisers. So I, I could play with somebody potentially and be yeah. like, I'm just going to make this one awkward today. And just like not not inform me that it's going to happen. Uh, but it's, it's but it can be fun. Again, that's somebody that I would know. Yeah. That's right. somebody, you know, that would intentionally like around. yeah just yeah. having fun and just like you know i'm gonna switch it up do you and know then, who i like saw my sister did improv in new york mm-hmm. and i remember i went to one of her shows like years ago and it was like kind of when parks and rec i think was in like their first season and do you know who makes people really uncomfortable and it's like kind of uncomfortable to watch as an improver but like is very funny is audrey plaza <laughs> she like will literally just be like so uncomfortable like in the improv thing and like make people awkward and then just like hit a banger yeah, yeah, like yeah, it's yeah, yeah. so <laughs> fucking weird yeah like <laughs> yeah. yeah and some i mean yeah some improvisers are just they're just like that when they're on stage they're just yeah. this is the character that i'm going to play in every scene yeah and it's just <laughs> it's just gonna happen and, and you're gonna deal with it and we're just gonna go you know right so yeah it's but i mean that's the magic for me that's that's the magic just having so many different ideas and you have no idea where that idea is going to come from mm-hmm. or how you're going to react to that idea Right. Mm. I love that. I love it. Right. Do you find that um, when you walk into an improv space that you carry stuff in from the rest of like your day? Or have you gotten pretty good at dropping it? I've gotten pretty good at dropping it. But there have definitely been moments, especially when I was um, uh, with Second City when I was on the main stage. So I wrote um, uh, four reviews there. So I was there for two years. And those, you know, those other five people become your family because you are literally there from Monday to Sunday, uh, sorry, from Tuesday to Sunday, two shows Friday, two shows Saturday, and you're, you're there all the time. And so you can come in with baggage from the day Mm -hmm. and they'll know immediately. Mm -hmm. And, And you have to learn how to turn that off to produce good material for the show. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it works for you. But um, if it's scripted, like if it's a sketch review and you and you come in real salty, oof, that's not that's 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 a tough mix. <laughs> Being salty and then maybe it's you know it's your character's your character's birthday and you're supposed to be super happy about it and just like jacked up about it and you're in a salty mood, man, that's a horrible mix. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so that can that can happen. But I've I've tried I've tried my best not to let it affect me because the other players with me they. It wasn't their day. They like they don't know what I went through, and they don't need to. I don't need to project that on them, right? You know, I don't need to put that in, uh, put that out there. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, yeah, the audience we want the audience to have a good time. We want to have a good time, right? So it's, but it's hard. It's hard for sure. Totally. I'm yeah. really starting to recognize that's like what's showing what like professional, I like performers are. The professional mm-hmm. performers can literally like, yeah, their like baggage will be there and it's fine. But professional performers can just be like, but I'm in my space right now and I need to turn it on yeah. and I need to do this. So like, this is what's happening. Yeah. We're going right. for it. Yeah. yeah. Cause if I don't, then like, this is going to look bad on me. This is going to look bad on everybody else. And also this is like not professional. Yeah. You got it. You, you, with improv, you have to bring it like, regardless of what choice you make in terms of what kind of person you are. Well, there's um, no halfway. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> right. There's no, there's no half. Like it, right. you have to, you have to commit to the things you're saying. You have to believe in the things you're saying as that character, uh, as that thing. Um, or else, you know, you make all these indecisions and then nobody really knows what is 
going on because nobody makes a definitive choice. Right. So you, you have to go all in. You have to. But you don't think like in like groups, there's not like leaders. There's not so that someone that's like always coming up. Like it doesn't naturally happen if you're like in an improv troupe and someone is like constantly doing something that's like hilarious and it's new and you can count on them. Oh, there is. Yeah. Oh, okay. for sure. Yeah. yeah. Th- like being in, being an in- improv troupe is like, is like being a part of the X-Men. It's like, or, or like, you know, being like, if we want to break it down to being more Canadian, like being part of Alpha Flight, again, uh, right. another, you know, another comic book. They're like basic but, human dynamics that happen within like groups. Yeah. Like when you're casting things, it's like, you know, that you want, you know, you won't know that you want that physical person. And you also, you want right. that really nerdy brain person that can really like, you know, be analytical and stuff. And then you want that person that maybe that may throw some left field stuff out there, but just not so left field that it's like you can throw the whole thing off. Right, but right. But just a little bit, you know? Like, so you're going to have like one half wild card. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. Like a little half wild, not full wild. Yeah, you know no, what I mean? yeah, yeah. You don't know what's happening. Yeah, you don't know what's going on. <laughs> you know, and then, and then you, yeah, so you always want to mix it up with, uh, with dynamics and stuff. And also it's great to have people that who haven't, who haven't played before mm-hmm. because then yeah. you just, the, the, the turnaround, like the mix is going to be so wicked mm, in terms of what right. they say and how they perform on stage because they're genuinely reacting to each other. They're not predicting what they're going to do, you know? right, right. Which, is, which is awesome. Yeah. It's like something that I've been noticing, or just because you've said that, and something I've noticed in my own like dance work is that the communities are small. And so you yeah. find that you work with the same people over and over again, and you find like patterns and you yep. repeat yourself. Yeah. And so it's interesting to hear you say you want people different. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I, I, I definitely, definitely have fallen into numerous patterns and I pull out certain characters mm. because they're in my back pocket. They're my arsenal. I've perfected them. So right, I know right. that if I feel like I'm not doing a good job of, I'm not living up to the standards of what, you know, I can produce or what my castmates want. I might have to pull one of those tricks out of my pocket just to, right. and also just to get myself back in the game. Like, mm-hmm. dude, focus on what's happening here with these two players or with these three players or whoever you're with, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. So sometimes I'll pull some tricks out. Uh, and then sometimes I'll just challenge myself to something new just before I hit the stage. Mm-hmm. Like maybe just before, you know, I'm at the theater and they're like, yeah, welcome whoever, like whoever players or your cast for tonight. Just before I hit the stage, I'm like, okay, you're going to do something really physical that's out of your norm today. And then and I walk <laughs> out and wave and do the thing. Yeah. And then I'll do like, you know, 20 push-ups in the show, <laughs> you know, like whatever the thing is, you know? So it's just, I'll just challenge myself too, to keep it fresh for myself. Right. But, when you said that you did two two years, yeah, two, two seasons, years. two seasons yeah, with two years, I was there for I was on the main stage for two years, yeah, yeah. Well, I just like have no idea about that world, sure, at all. Like, so does that mean that you work for Second City? Yeah, because I know one location just closed, didn't it? Um, well, the old training center uh, we had moved to. Um, uh, to Mercer Street. So we're above, well, actually Blue Jays Way. So we're above the main, the right. main stage on Mercer Street. Um, and now it has come out that we are going to move. Second City is going to move to, uh, down by the harbor front. Oh, like okay. one York or whatever. Cool. Yeah. So if you're working and you're there from like Tuesday till Sunday, are you paid as like a cast member for Second City or as like an employee for Second City? Or does that, like, how does that work? Oh boy. Uh, cause is that like a full-time job? And yeah, well, I mean, the, the hours feel like it's a full-time job, right? Right. But it's not right. So, um, how it works is because we have to go through a process as well, mm-hmm. like when we're writing our shows. Uh, but once that process is done, which can be anywhere between eight to ten weeks, 
um, once that process is done, then you're just there for the show. So your call time, 7.30, shows at 8, and then you can bounce after the show. Um, so uh, so the, the, the heavy lifting is already done. Um, in terms of the, the payment, the, the, they've gone through some, second city's gone through some different ways of payroll. So right. like there was both of those existing, like there was that cast member, then that employee thing. Mm-hmm. So it's, that's constantly kind of moving around because mm-hmm. equities involved and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so it can be, and, and, and we're having that too as employees in terms of, uh, uh, facilitators and instructors. Mm-hmm. So there's that, that thing too. Right. So we have to do with, you know, the taxes and stuff like that. So it's a little, yeah, it's a little, it's a little, I don't say wishy-washy, like it's shady. It's not, it's mm-hmm. just complicated. You know what I mean? Right. right. Yeah. So it's, so how do you, like, how, what is your process? Do you have to go through, like, the entire, like, course of Second City to then get brought on? Or is you, like, an auditioning, or do you audition and then you get brought on? There's a couple different ways. Um, obviously, main stage uh, is the end game. Right. So a lot of people, um, when they come to Second City to take classes or they just want to check it out, they see, you know, they see us on the main stage. Like, yo, that's, I want to do that. Which right. is what I did, too. Kind of. <laughs> um, but, uh yeah, so the traditional way um, would be, you know, you take your level A class. This is assuming that you've never taken improv before. Mm-hmm. You take a level A class, so um, you go level A all the way to E. Um, and then once you do that, yeah, exactly. It's like exactly. how many courses is that? Five, yeah, yeah, five courses. courses. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you take, uh, you would take those traditionally, and then once you graduate level E, you would um, audition for conservatory. And the conservatory program is, uh, there's one through six. And so that takes about a year. To do eight, oh, to do one through six. One through six, yeah. A to E can be, it depends on you. So if you, because there's six weeks. Right. Right. So it depends on you. Some people bounce after like B, they're like, you know what, I'll take some time off or whatever. Some people go all the way through. Right. Right. So you audition for conservatory. Uh, you may or may not get in, uh, but if you, let's assume again, you get in. So you go conservatory one through six and conservatory. What that saying is that we've taken these 12 people, these 11, these 10 people that we would like to go deeper into improv. We want to school you deeply in how the second city rolls and the methods and, and how to write a sketch show through improv. Right. And that is, you are paying to be there. That's right. As as That's a right. conservatory member, yes. you are paying for training. Just like Lil Amy, yeah. yeah so yeah. you are paying for those for that training. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you learn so through one and two, uh, three and four, and then five and six, you're learning different facets and you're hopefully building and building and building. Mm-hmm. Because right. once you graduate um, conservatory six, that means you're having your graduation show on the main stage, your family, your friends, everybody gets to show up, they pack the theater, <laughs> right. and you perform original material that you wrote with your uh, with your fellow students. Right. After that is where you can go to what we have general. So we have, uh, we call it uh, the general. So that's in March, I believe. And generals is like a, we call out to a bunch of people like, Hey, why don't you come audition for us? Uh, you know, if there's a spot in any one of our companies, then we'd love to have you, you know, mm-hmm. so that kind of thing. There's callbacks for the generals and then that can happen. Let's assume you got into all that. Then it's like trying to place you somewhere. So you could go into the, yeah, you can go into the family company. You can go into the, uh, uh, education company. You can go into, which are kind of one and the same. You can go into the national touring company. Right. And then the main stage. So main stage is a big one and working backwards. It's the touring company right. and then the family or Edco. So if you go through right. those three, that's kind of the stepping block. So that's what I did. Fucking <laughs> that's insane. a lot. Yeah. It was wild. My journey. How long did it take wild. you? 
Well, mine was very fast. So I started in 2009-ish, not knowing anything about improv or acting. I didn't yeah. do any of that stuff. Um, and then, so I did levels A to E. Uh, I think I did that in a year. Like I just did it straight. Right. Auditioned for conservatory, got in, did that for a year, and then was immediately asked to be part of the education company after I graduated. So then I did the education company for a year. And then they asked me to be part of the national touring company, did that for a year. And then they asked me to be on the main stage. And I did that for two years. How the fuck is Second City funded just through their courses? Uh, yeah. And we would do a lot of corporate stuff though. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Corporate is a big. I didn't even think about that. Corporate and like that conservatory. Yeah. 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 100%. Conservatory funds probably a lot of it. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, Just like any fucking dance school. Right. That has like a professional training program and then like a conservatory. Right. Right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So yeah. So that's, that was kind of, that was my journey. Um, which yeah, was, didn't, didn't see that coming at all. It was pretty wild. Um, before that, uh, I'm a graphic designer. The only reason I got into um, performing and acting and, and uh, is because I got laid off from my graphic design job. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. So then uh, a friend of mine had been bugging me to do stand-up for a very long time. My mentor, good guy. He'd been bugging me to do stand-up for a very long time. And then um, I finally gave in. When I say very long, like it had been two or three years. So right. I was like, fine, man, I'll do it. So I started moonlighting and working with graphic design <laughs> nine to five and then doing stand-up yeah. and going to all his rooms, all the rooms that he was in. He'd mm. get me on stage and doing How a many bunch rooms of are there in Toronto? How many rooms? Oh, there's so many. There's Is a there? Lot. Oh, my gosh. I think there's, yeah. like a, there's one like every night or there's like four every night, isn't there? Like, oh, it's all fun. the time. There's like, because you got to remember, it's not just... Uh, stand up specific places. Right. Like you have right. a bunch of pubs that'll do it. Like, right, right. That have like comedy nights. It's not just like, absolutely. Yuck, absolutely. yucks. Exactly. Yeah. Right. right. So then, uh, yuck, yucks was my very first stage though that I performed at. I did my <laughs> five, my tight five in. Uh, it was okay. I didn't, I didn't, uh, I didn't bring the house down, but I did not bomb, which yeah. is good. Um, yeah. And then, uh, so he was like, yo, man, your improv sucks. You need to, uh, <laughs> You take some improv classes. So I was like, what? I was like, okay. He's like, I took, he took an intensive at Second City. He said, go take Second City course. So I was like, oh my gosh. So when I walked in, I was like, this is the best. Mm. So I'm about this life. Mm. So then I jumped on board. I drank all the Second City Kool-Aid. I drank it all. <laughs> and I went to, but then I was going to, uh, so now instead of going to stand-up shows, I'm going to every improv show I could see in a week. So in a week, uh, like at my peak, I think I was going to four shows. Like if I wasn't trying to hustle and play in them, I was just trying to go and watch them mm-hmm. four to five shows for sure. Weekends, a lot. That was a lock. It was a wrap. Yeah. And then, um, yeah. And then uh, that's when I got laid off from my job. And I remember I got an email from Second City, which was less than a week old. So when I went home after I got laid off, um, I saw the email and the email said, what are you doing for the summer? And my reply was nothing. And yeah. I sent it. <laughs> and then they emailed me right back. And they're like, let's talk. And I was like, great. And then a week later, they're like, we want to offer you a position in the uh, education company. How did you go from, or how was the transition from you, for you going from like a nine to five to a conservatory style program? Hard. First of all, going from nine to five to, to freelance yeah. was hard, like hard because I didn't realize how much 
how much it's on you. When you're a freelancer, it's on you. Yeah. There's no... Jobs just don't fall in yeah, your lap. Yeah. <laughs> it, like the hustle and the grind is real. The networking. And, the... Oh my gosh. The networking is exhausting. Yeah. And especially when you have that kind of, um, that kind of tool to, to access, like just being a designer, it's, it's so, it's so valuable when people know or understand the process or know good designers. Mm-hmm. It's so valuable. Right. But at the same time to get people to buy in and be like, listen, man, if I'm, if I'm giving you this logo, this customized logo for you for 500 bucks, that's a steal. Get off my back. Let me do the work and get it. But it's hard for people to buy in to that kind of, to that kind of work. Cause then right. they just see it on paper or they see it on a laptop and an email. Right. And they're like, yo, this cost me $500. Like, yeah, dog. It yeah. did. Cause you yeah. know how much blood, sweat and tears it took me. Yeah. How many hours? It how many to? hours? So right. that transition from nine to five. Was very hard. Right. So my um, the uh, the woman that laid me off, my boss, she is fantastic. We are, she was my uh, my design mentor. I met her in college. Eventually, we worked together, and she just gave me a bunch of a bunch of help, a bunch of hints because she was freelance for a long time before she ended up going nine to five. Eventually, mm-hmm. um, so she helped me along the way because mm-hmm. I I just I had no clue. Like just you know when you get a paycheck, take uh, this percentage and put it in a different account, which I did. Like I took a, a, a large sum of that and I tried mm-hmm. to do that and then hustling and a very, very good friend of mine, he was a designer and said, yeah, yeah, come on board and let's do some freelance or whatever. So I did some freelance for him. Um, but then I was still taking second city courses. So I was just time management, man. I'm not really great at it. I'm still Fucking not hard. <laughs> yeah. So that, that's that, exhausting. Yeah. That transition was, was very rocky for a yeah. while. I, I can admit it now and I can say it with, uh, with a big smile on my face, but man, it was tough. And we're talking a couple of years too. Like it was hard. It I feel like you can only time. hustle for so long before you burn the fuck out. And that's the thing. It's like you either, you either burn out or you barely survive. And then it just, it, it things just start to work. It just starts to roll a little bit. Right. And then you're like, Oh, okay, cool. And then you get a better idea. Yeah. Luckily that happened to me and I didn't quite burn out as much as I, I did burn out a little bit, but not nearly as much as I thought I was going to. Right. You know, it just, um, yeah, it was, it was tough for a long time. I was just like, I don't feel great. I don't feel like smiling. I don't feel like laughing. I just, I, it's the hustle. I'm tired. You're like a robot. Yeah. It was very weird. Very bizarre. Mm-hmm. Zombie is very bizarre. Living out of your backpack. Yeah. 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 yeah, exactly. Running from one thing to the next thing. Yeah. You know, and then your parents are calling you. Is everything okay? You lie. Yeah, I'm fine. Do you want us to send you money? You're like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm so fine. But yes. Yeah, I'm yeah. so fine. But just, you mean, send yeah. me that cash, yeah. man. <laughs> I had a car to pay for. Like, uh, so, um, I'm a, I'm a rare one who I own a car in the city. Luckily, <laughs> I have a parking spot, which is free, but like just paying that off. So I had to, I had to get a financial planner because I, because at one point when I was working full time, I was getting paid every week. Right. I don't know if you guys have ever been paid every week, but I'm getting hundreds of dollars doing design every week. I was like, it's really this? easy to blow through that money. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Weekends shots on me. Yeah. No problem. No problem. Like, right. every, like we, we were drinking, me and my boys were just going hoard. We drinking hoard. <laughs> and then I was like, this is ridiculous. Yeah. So then yeah. I, I went into RBC one day and just lost my mind. I was like, I need somebody. I need somebody. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. They're like, okay, sir. Okay, no problem. No problem. And then, uh, yeah, I found somebody. And then, uh, yeah, she's been my my uh, financial godsend ever since. Yeah. Um, before you, you said that you're not a stand-up though. Yeah, stand-up guy. Yeah, you're not. No. Yeah. Why 
is that because you started in stand up? Is what you said? Yeah, I did. Um, so how do you like what? What's the issue with stand up? Do you what makes you not feel like you want to call yourself that? <laughs> yeah, um, I like the way you phrase that. Uh, yeah. it's I'm just like. So I've been a team guy ever since day one. I play a lot of sports. I still mm-hmm. to this day play a lot of sports. Um, I played university football, which is kind of the, the pinnacle for me in terms of um, my athleticism. And there was a real camaraderie. There's a real sense of... Uh, Who'd you play for? Brotherhood. Uh, university of Guelph. Shout out to the Griffins. Um, so there's a real sense of that brotherhood and that, that right. camaraderie. And everybody's got that common goal. And so I think what happened is... When I was doing stand-up, it was fine, but it's just, it's just me up there. Yeah. There's a lot of me, and I have yeah. to tell you about me. It's a lot of eyes on you. Yeah, you know? Yeah. And, and I don't mind that if I've got six people behind me, right. and now we're going to create a story for you based on the words that I said. But when it's just me up here and just projecting and telling everybody stuff, I'm like, nah, it's just not, it's not my jam. So when, when I found improv and I was like, oh, so this is a team thing <laughs> and we get to build. Right. I was like, yeah, I am on board. So that was, that was the, that's what sealed it for me. That was the big draw. And, um, because of my physical background, just with sports and stuff, and I can create everything on this stage, then I was just wilding out. Like I was just doing all kinds of ridiculous stuff on stage right. because, because I could, you know, and nobody else was really doing, um, as much physical stuff as me right. at the time. Working independently is really hard. Like people yeah. that work by themselves and create like one woman shows or like one people yeah. shows or like solos by themselves. I'm always just like, it's so hard yeah. to do it because also like, how do you know something's working? You literally don't. Mm-hmm. And you like alternate constantly between like, is this self-indulgent? No. Okay. Is this even looking good? No. Is it like, how does it even look? Yeah. Or you don't know. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, no. that's the thing is, I is I love that. Uh, I think this is the selfish performer in me, but I love that instant gratification when mm-hmm. you're on stage and if we're improvising a new premise for the new show and we're like, okay, here's the premise. I'm going to give you your character, what you're going to be. I'm going to give you your character, what you're going to be. And then we just improvise it. Like, I don't give you any more than that. Right. We instantly know and get feedback from the audience if they're kind of digging your character what or works. not. Yeah. What works and what doesn't. Totally. So I love that. And, I, and I've and i learned to fail a little bit more gracefully uh, the more I've done it. Because right. I took it very personally the first time that uh, I was writing my first show at Second City. I was so pissed at the audience. <laughs> um, I was like, well, this isn't funny. <laughs> You guys don't know funny. Um, <laughs> no, man, then you're funny. Um, but uh, so, so yeah, so I love that about it. I love bouncing ideas off of people. But when you're doing a one-person show and I have so much, so much respect for all my friends that have done it before, because the biggest thing for me and the hardest thing, the thing that I'm working through is vulnerability. Mm. Man, I, I, I can't, it's hard. So, you know, I try to walk away from it, but that's something that I need to do more of, you know, mm-hmm. something I need to look in the face of it and say, I'm okay. Mm-hmm. I wonder about like being vulnerable. If like getting laughs is a way to like not be vulnerable. Right. Right. You're like, if I'm being funny and I have other people around me and I like, mm-hmm. not that getting laughs is easy. That's not what I want to say, but yeah. it's like, to be funny or yeah it's like it's like you're putting up a wall or that shield is your comedy right Mm -hmm. right you're saying that yeah i'm gonna be funny so then i don't have to have real talk and i don't have to say something that lets you learn more about me i get you i think some people are like that right um i know it's a very broad stroke but i think um 
I think the majority or improvisers that I play with, uh, a lot of them have been able to break through that and just been like, you know, this is the way I play. This is me. And sometimes we do add Mm -hmm. in our own two cents to a character that we're playing Mm -hmm. that you actually wouldn't know is a real bit, but it could be a real bit, right? Because we're just drawing off of life the same way, Mm -hmm. but it's just not as uh, upfront and apparent as as a stand-up. Yes. You know? It's not like right in your face, like, I have to do this because it's just me. Mm-hmm. There's nothing else that I can right. uh, say to mask it. You also like deal with like a lot of your own fucking work issues working independently. Like, yeah. you're like, oh, I'm fucking lazy. Or like, oh, I procrastinate all the time. All the time. Or like, oh, maybe I actually just like don't want to do this. Did I pick the right thing? Like, also, there's only so much time you can like, wake up at like eight in the morning and go and sit in a room by yourself and just like, yeah, you know what? There's only so many coffee shops in your hood, right? your, <laughs> scratch your fucking arm out until you bleed like on the page, you yeah, know, yeah, like yeah, it yeah, just, yeah. it's yeah. hard to work and it's hard to like come to terms. I think with like who we are as people sometimes. Yeah. Cause I think it's really easy to be like, well, this didn't work out because this person isn't good at this. And right. that's, we don't work out cause we don't have chemistry, but it's really like, well, you obviously have an issue with how you work or I don't know. Mm-hmm. I think that people have to like deal with like a lot of their own issues when they work and create stuff on themselves, mm-hmm. you know, I think it's that, um, yeah, as an artist too, it's, uh, I think it's really cool that we take these massive risks. I think it's, it's always just a huge risk for us to get on that stage and tell this joke or improvise this scene. Um, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of, there's a lot of new vocabulary and verbiage that we have to use now in terms of, you know, in terms of gender, in terms of race, or right. in terms of like subject. So right. that opens up a whole new thing. I'm definitely not going to say it opens up a whole new can of worms. That's not it. What it does is just opens up, Hey, now this joke is for everybody or this joke right. is more inclusive. We're more inclusive. Right. So now it's like, um, it also has to make you smarter as a performer. 100%. You can't just like dive into those like old habits or old exactly. things. You're like, I have to right. actually think about this yep. and dissect it. Yep. And what am I actually saying? Yeah. Are there people that yep. you, I mean, maybe not anymore, but are there people that you have played with or like have seen in the community that are still working in that way or like have run you into issues what? in that? You know what? Not really. To yeah. be honest with you, I think the players that I've played with um, are definitely making that hard, hard effort to, yeah. to, um, Adapt. To make sure, yeah, to adapt. Thank you. To, to, yeah, to adapt and to make sure that everything is, you know, that they've crossed the T's and dotted the I's. Again, in the most inclusive way, right? In the best way, mm-hmm. which is fantastic now. So it's, yeah, it's really great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, there's a, sorry, there's a really funny way that um, Donald Glover put it, actually. <laughs> Have you seen Community? Oh, yeah. So, like, because he worked with Chevy Chase for so long. <laughs> right, and, like, yeah. obviously... <laughs> Like, let's talk about people that are just like old, <laughs> old, school, old yeah, and like, and old, yeah. you know, and like in an interview, they talk about like, what's something that you learned from working with Jimmy Chase and Donald Glover was like in a complimenting way was like, you know, sometimes he like tries something and it doesn't work. So then I think like, why doesn't that work anymore? And that makes me a better, better improviser. Like, I, I don't know. For some reason, when I think of like us adjusting to the times and people just like not uh, falling behind or just like it's not there anymore yeah. and that's like something i always think of in oh, that man, that's story so great. That's yeah so great. <laughs> <laughs> just not working no yeah. i want to jump back into how you 
wrote your first show and yeah. you thought the audience wasn't funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's like dissect that a little bit. Okay, sure. Um, so <laughs> the first show, uh, I ever wrote with Second City is called, um, Dreams Really Do Come True and Other mm-hmm. Lies. Uh, and the cast was six people deep. Four of us were brand new to the main stage. So okay. four people left and then four people replaced them. I was one of the four. So immediately that changed the dynamic and the energy of the theater, of the, mm-hmm. the staff that worked there, of, of our green room, like everything for the, for the better. Like it just was amazing. Like it just blew everything up and we didn't know what the rules, uh, I'm using air quotes here. We didn't know what the <laughs> rules were. Right. Because we had never played on this stage in this capacity to before, capacity before. So when we had premises and ideas, we're like, yo, okay, cool. So, um, you know, you're going to do this and I'm going to do this and then you're going to do this. And at this point, and so I would try and I did one of two things very drastically. I would either give you too much information that really locked you into a character. Then you, you had no choices anymore. Right. Or I wouldn't give you enough because I didn't do my homework and I'm just like, you'll be fine. And then we'll just go on a stage and perform it. Okay. Um, so I've just done things where, you know, I thought, something would be funny and people were like that's that's not funny <laughs> and then we, i would just try that joke again or try that action again or that line yeah. again to even less of a reaction i'm like okay cool maybe one more time three you know it's a three beat <laughs> thing and then it's just like give it a rest you know so then you go backstage after your 45 minute improv set which is during the process it gets a little longer so you can really explore things and the director would literally just look at, uh, okay, Nadu, your premise? Uh, nope. Okay, moving right along. And we just, just it's like, no. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean? No, I mean, just, no. Yeah, 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 just, nope. <laughs> I mean, it, it was always taken like very, uh, in jokes. Like we all, we all knew. Mm. But sometimes I would fight for it. And I'm like, why am I, why did I fight for that? Cause that joke just doesn't, that it's premise is just it's yeah. not working. <laughs> but then you, sometimes you have gold. Sometimes you, you know, I'll just, uh, there's a couple of scenes, um, that uh, premises that I came up with that I gave ideas to my, uh, my fellow players and they just killed it. And then, so we did it in front of the audience for the first time. Everybody was on the same page. And then that scene not only made it in the show, but barely changed from what it actually was the first time we put it up. Right. That's the magic. Like that's what we're all chasing. You know what I mean? We're chasing that dream where the scene is now going to live way past me Mm -hmm. because it's going to teach students or fellows or, uh, you know, soon to be, you know, um, second city main stagers or tour co kids or whatever, how to build a scene in this fashion, right. how to do this right and how to do that right. You know, so that's, that's always cool when that magic happens. It's mm-hmm. really fun. Cool. Have you learned to take it less personally when things don't work? Yes. Yeah. yeah. yeah I've learned it. Yeah. I, I yeah. That was, <laughs> Uh, Fuck yeah. you guys. <laughs> you know, go home and just cry. Yeah. Sometimes um, it's really hard to separate yourself from your art. So like yeah. when you're like looking for that validation or that feedback and it doesn't come the way that you want it to, you're like, I suck. Yeah. I'm terrible. Mm-hmm. Not this didn't work. Right. Yeah. Right. It's such a um the process uh writing a second city show and then even writing a show. I know I'm I'm doing a lot of uh I'm saying a lot of stuff about second city here. Uh but even writing a show with a troupe, period. And if it's going to be a sketch show, a sketch review, mm-hmm. like you maybe you want to enter it in the fringe or whatever the case may be, it's such a pressure cooker because there's so much pressure on, again, not only on the group, but yourself, your identity, what voice you're going to put out there, mm-hmm. how much of that voice are you putting out there? Is like, hey, Nadja, why don't you back off a little bit? You're, you're, you're just like, you know, really 
hitting that point home and we just don't need that. Or it's like, Najee, you're not in any scenes. Like, what's up? You know what I mean? So it's such a hard thing to to balance. And because you have all these egos in the room, whether there's, you know, three, four, six of you, it's, that's a tough thing to navigate and to make, you know, to make magic. So whenever you got the right chemistry, you got to stick together. But it's it's it, that part's hard too. Navigating these personalities, mm-hmm. boy, yeah. schedules and like life goals yeah. and like yeah, life goals. Yeah, schedules and personalities are hard. It's wild. In in art, it's wild. Yes, in the corporate world, world, it's it's harder too. But it, I find also at more least boundaries there. That's what yeah. I was gonna say. You're gonna be like, we're at work. I'm not at work. I'm not answering my email. Right. In freelance and performing, <laughs> you're like. Or if I, someone does something crazy, yeah. you're just like, go see HR. Yeah. If someone does something crazy here, I'm just like, eh, go to the alley and cry for 10 minutes yeah. and come back inside. Or you're just like, ignore it. Yeah. Like, yeah. hope they don't do it again. Yeah. Yeah. So it's so, because there's so many rules, so many regulations in that yeah. world. But in our world, it's just, it's just us. Mm-hmm. And it's like, we still have a rehearsal tomorrow at six, six o'clock, six o'clock. So mm-hmm. like, whatever you have to do, bounce now. And then I'll see you at six because we have to get this thing done. Yeah. Right. Right. You know? Yeah. And then you just like hope they get over it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope it wasn't too like sorry. I should. Have, it wasn't like too serious. I guess. <laughs> no, Sometimes we, you just yeah. hope they get over yeah, it, yeah, and then you don't have to said. deal with it. <laughs> yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah, so it's, yeah. it can be it can be wild. It can be really wild. But I agree. We have to ask you the question: Is being an artist fucking killing you? Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> it, uh, yeah. 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 I mean, sometimes. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, um, sometimes it's hard, um, because, uh, it's just the grind. We talked about it, the grind. It, it can really, it can really be tough. But then when you're in that spot, for me, it's like, what is my go-to? What is my go-to to get out of that spot? Mm. And there is, you know, uh, bless your hearts. There is great podcasts like this. You know, there is, uh, there is certain TV shows that I'll watch like a comedy or something that has to get me out of that or a great conversation with a friend. Hey, do you mind? Can we just grab a, you know, a, a dirty chai? You know what I mean? Or something. Can we do something so we can just, <laughs> so I can just vent for a second and get back on track. Right. And then it's that. It's the, it's the improv community that's holding me up that I'm about. That's not making this thing fucking kill me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's other artists listening to other artists and knowing that you're not alone. We're all, we're all in it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is how long are we going to be in it for? Yeah. That's also another question. <laughs> yeah. Just keep digging the hole. Yeah. 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 Thank you. Thank you. That was amazing. Thank you. Yeah, that was really fun. I'm. Uh, yeah, it was, it was great. Yay. It was great. I had a really great time. Lovely. This charcuterie board's dope. I'm going to crush this and we're done. Eat it. I think I feel sick from it. (laughs) I ate too much. Uh, (laughs) Thank you guys for listening so much. Um, If you liked what you heard, leave us a review. Let us know what you thought. You can check us out on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Go check out our Patreon page. You can download us basically anywhere you find podcasts. So uh, subscribe and talk to you later.